This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We're broadcasting out of the Sentinel Fort in Pistown, Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash district sentinel subscribe five dollars a month get access to all the bonus content help our little news co-op here in dc continue well yesterday's show was pretty special because we did our first ever exorcism on air (laughs) to rid the world series of barbara bush's ghost Last night, the Nats won Game 6. We've got a critical Game 7 tonight. I don't want to say the exorcism worked just yet, even though the Nats did win last night, because I did see hints of BBG all over that field, like when the interference call was made in the seventh inning. So I don't want to, I don't want to jinx us again, but definitely a promising development with the Nats winning Game 6 after our exorcism. Very interesting that Juan Soto's home run to take the lead and Alex Ovechkin's game-winning goal in overtime in Toronto happened within about 90 seconds of each other, probably less than that. Yeah, yeah. More evidence that Barbara Bush's ghost and Alex Ovechkin's metaphysical aura are doing battle in the netherworlds. There's, there's some energy stuff going on there. Uh One more thing. One of our listeners tweeted at us last week about our commentary on Park Police. Our ongoing commentary on Park Police. Our running commentary on Park Police. Uh, We said that they were, they that they would be some of the last cops that we should disarm. Uh, Well, this commenter said that we would probably be more excited about the idea of disarming Park Police if we were homeless. And that park police folks in cities are uh, routinely complete fucking assholes to homeless people. So duly noted, I wanted to mention that on the air, park police, you are higher on our shit list now. Please stop abusing all people, especially homeless people. Yeah. Not sure why that's in your purview to harass homeless people. You're there to protect our public parks. Someone's sleeping in our public parks or whatever, that's fine. That's what they're there for. <laughs> if a homeless person is, for whatever reason, cutting down a tree, then I go off, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I guess, yeah, let's move park police up higher on our shit. Then again, it's all police, various forms of police on our shit list. So I, park police still probably let rank toward the bottom, but the more they fuck with homeless people, they'll they'll go up. All right, it's Wednesday, October 30th, 2019. Here's the news. The Federal Reserve announced another cut to wholesale interest rates today by another quarter of a percentage point. The so-called federal funds rate target was set between 1.5 and 1.75%. This marks the third time in a row that the Fed has lowered rates after regular meetings of its open market committee. The first decrease came this summer with fears that U.S.-China trade wars are hindering growth. Since then, we've seen a recession-predicting phenomenon in the Treasury bond market known as an inverted yield curve. The Fed has even struggled to set short-term rates in the past few weeks, plowing billions of dollars into the so-called repo market. Today, Fed Chair Jerome Powell said this was being done 
not to fulfill the agency's dual mandate of maintaining full employment and price stability, but rather this is being done as a technical fix, whatever that means. No monetary policy implications, uh, evidently, according to Powell, though I assume there would be some if markets just failed. (laughs) Perhaps Powell is trying to calm fears about just how bad the next recession will be when it does finally hit the U.S. economy. We have noted on this show how the Fed has warned about the corporate bond market being on shaky grounds thanks to reckless underwriting. Just a few days ago, a list of at-risk companies compiled by S&P reached a 10-year high. More WeWorks on the horizon, maybe. Also earlier this month, the IMF warned that 40% of all corporate debt would be at risk in another global recession. Is that bad? Hard to tell. Everything is a WeWork now, by the way. All businesses are WeWorks, from the, from the scooter companies to that bunk bed housing company to WeWork. They're all just... Well, here at the Sentinel, we use varying forms of technology, and I am still waiting uh, for a Japanese bank to write me a $9 billion check. <laughs> Same. During a threats hearing in the House Homeland Security Committee today, FBI Director Christopher Wray claimed no knowledge whatsoever of a secret bureau program to surveil black activists. That's despite the fact that reporting from the Young Turks journalist Ken Klippenstein that we highlighted on this very show, Ken came on our show to talk about this report, revealing documents that the bureau does indeed manage a program called Iron Fist that targets so-called black identity extremists. Now, the FBI has since claimed they no longer use the term black identity extremists, but the Bureau did not deny the existence of Iron Fist. But here was Ray today under questioning from Congressman Cedric Richmond, denying that he's ever heard of the program. You and I talked several times about uh, the term black identity extremists. Over the last couple of weeks, we uh, were alerted about something called Iron Fist. Is that an ongoing, does it exist, one? Uh, and two, is it still ongoing? And our information tells us it was to target individuals it classified as black identity as extremists. Well, I, I'm not familiar with the, the, the name that you just used, so I can't, uh, I can't engage specifically on, the, on that question. Well, that's bullshit. There's no denying Iron Fist exists. It was spelled out on internal documents, again, by journalist Ken Klippenstein. He discovered these documents. So Ray is either lying when he claims he's never heard of Iron Fist, or he's an FBI director that's mostly kept in the dark about what his agents are up to, and I doubt it's the latter. Ray went on to say this in defense of FBI actions toward activist groups. We do not open investigations into anyone uh, on, on the domestic terrorism side unless we have, one, mm-hmm. credible evidence of a federal crime, two, credible evidence of a threat of violence, and three, in furtherance of an ideology. We don't have those three things. There's no investigation. So we don't investigate ideology, rhetoric, peaceful protest, anything like that. Now, I don't know if he misspoke there. <laughs> But you notice he says that they'll only investigate if it's like 
harm of violence. Uh, here, let's just replay what he says. Notice the third thing he says here. Unless we have one, <laughs> credible evidence of a federal crime, two, credible evidence of a threat of violence, and three, in furtherance of an ideology. We don't have... What? In furtherance <laughs> of an ideology? So it sounds like if you are on Twitter and you say, I am going to, like, pants Jeff Bezos and kick him in the balls or something uh, because he's a rich guy, that means the FBI would be, under those guidelines that Ray just listed, the FBI right, I mean, is that could justifying be, it's going well, after you. Well, that could be construed as violence, I guess, in the stretch of it. You're, well, a, a threat, a, th a threat. Yeah, but the third part but where the he's context. like, he says, in furtherance of an ideology. I mean that is what that is what all of us are doing when we're organizing. We're trying to advance an ideology. A bunch of socialists getting together are trying to advance an ideology. So Ray admits that they that one of the triggers to investigate these groups is them trying to advance an ideology. Now, he then contradicts that immediately. So I think he misspoke here. But as we discussed with journalist Chip Gibbons last week, the FBI has aggressively targeted organizations simply engaged in First Amendment activities. Chip actually just released a report detailing all the Bureau's constitutional violations. I would encourage everyone to check out that interview. Chip is, after all, far more trustworthy than the freaking FBI director. One problem with the Trump administration is how the president is appointing people to important roles in government on an acting basis. They're effectively bypassing the confirmation process and congressional oversight, granting license to scumbags to do some horrible favors for the White House. For example, cranky, bigoted former Virginia Attorney General Ken Cuccinelli is currently acting leader of U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services. He was never nominated to fill the role on a permanent basis. Nevertheless, he's using his authority to try to deny entry and status to working class and lower middle class immigrants through the so-called public charge rule proposal. And in the summer, he revoked the status of sick children, sick children, by getting rid of so-called medical deferred action. The latter decision has since been reversed after a month of intense criticism. But as Boston NPR affiliate WBUR noted, Trauma had already been inflicted. USCIS sent letters to 33 families of sick kids telling them their status was revoked. Also, the agency said it would be restoring the status on a case-by-case -case decision, presumably because they want to reject as many people as politically possible. Anyway, Cuccinelli testified about this matter today before a House Oversight Subcommittee. Here's Congressman Lacey Clay asking about the family of a 10-year-old with eye cancer and a seven-year-old with severe epilepsy. Uh, Mr. Cuccinelli, did you know about either of those, these cases when USCIS decided to end deferred action? Congressman, <clears throat> we don't read individual cases when making a procedural decision like that. So the answer to your question is no. Well, of course. Why would you want to know too much about sick kids and think about them if you were going to fucking deny them status. Here's Clay asking a similar question about parents of newborns in neonatal care facilities in Indiana. They received notices to vacate the country from USCIS. Mr. Cuccinelli, did you know about these cases before USCIS decided to end deferred action? 
Yeah, my answer is the same as the earlier examples. Which is? We do not look at particular cases when making process. So you don't care? No, you asked you, me, did no, I No, I'm asking you. You bet I care. Do you care that you bet somebody's I care. in a... You bet a, I do. A, and it would be great we could take care, care of unit this. About we to have die. law. If you cared enough to pass a law, we'd enforce Let it. Let me ask you this. What would you recommend those parents do when they receive that letter? Well, what most what, of, they what, what we expected most of them to do was very little, candidly. So they don't even expect their intimidating letters to have the effect that they say they want, just traumatizing the families of sick babies for fun. Incredibly cool. You bet I care. You bet I care. If this sounds like it has Stephen Miller's name and fucking weird pube-covered head all over it, Congresswoman Ayanna Presley thought the same thing. Here she is asking Cuccinelli if he consulted with the white nationalist presidential staffer. Did Stephen Miller play a role in this decision or not? So I'm not going to get into specific commentary back and forth, but I made this decision. Uh, the only discussions had over so, the I'm course sorry, of the court. Again, for the record. The court, over the, yes, Mr. this is for the record. And as you noted, I'm under oath. So I yes, want to be completely under oath, so truthful. I, so then this and is I can't very do that if answer. I can't be complete. So yes or no. I'm not going to just answer the way you want me to answer. I'm going to give no, you an no, honest and accurate No, no, I'm asking you to answer. answer yes or no. Was the president involved in this decision? We cannot, as you well know, talk about content of discussions with the White House. I'm sorry, but you just said House. that you made the decision. Yes. Okay, so was the president involved, yes or no? That should I be made this decision. Was Stephen Alone. Alone. <laughs> Later, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez asked Cuccinelli about this answer, saying she's been trying to find out who was responsible for the decision for a while now, perhaps implying Cuccinelli may have misled the committee about Miller's role or the White House's role, or perhaps just because the treatment of sick kids and their families here is just so utterly fucking vile. AOC then asked Cuccinelli if he consulted with outside stakeholders before revoking status of critically ill kids. The director, the acting director, excuse me, said he did not. Of course not. Finally, the Department of Justice announced it has sentenced a prison guard for five years for trying to get an inmate to kill the guard's former lover in exchange for contraband. Jessica Diane Farrell worked at a Bureau of Prisons facility in Tucson where she arranged for the murder of her former romantic partner with the help of an inmate. Farrell promised the inmate contraband bribes and gave the inmate a photo of her former partner and directions to their house. Then apparently... Farrell got spooked when the inmate provided her with the list of requested contraband. Farrell reported it to her supervisors without mentioning that she had a deal with the inmate to put a hit out. Nor did Farrell mention to her ex-partner that there could be a hit out against them. The DOJ said, quote, Farrell solicited an inmate to help her carry out a deadly hit on her ex-romantic partner in exchange for bribes of contraband. As a result of the OIG's investigative work, her plan was thwarted, end quote. All right, now it's probably not worth drawing any larger conclusions here. But actually, <laughs> let's do that because there's this news too. Epstein was murdered. New York Times reporting that a pathologist present for the autopsy said that due to the injuries, it's far more likely that Epstein was murdered 
Epstein had broken bones in his neck that are not consistent with the suicidal hanging, at least not any of the hangings the pathologist has reviewed over the last 50 years. Epstein's brother is now afraid that he's in danger because nobody seems to be investigating that his brother was murdered. I know there are still skeptics out there who believe in the rule of law in the U.S. or who believe that, at the very least, someone in federal custody wouldn't just be murdered to cover up higher crimes. As though prison guards can't be coerced or bribed to go along with this stuff. Well, as the story I just reported out in Tucson proves, they can. So, think again. I, uh... I'm able to digest a lot of this Epstein news when I just accept the fact that America is a failed state. Because all this stuff is pretty commonplace in a failed state. And not enough people understand our country to be a failed state, so they're confused or shocked by this stuff. But once you once you accept that reality, all this stuff makes a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty lucky that I watched the... Uh uh, the guerrilla news network crack the CIA when I was in ninth grade because that really, that really lowered my uh, my belief in like the integrity of American institutions. So yeah, very 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 smart and good move by uh, by fifteen year old me. Yes. All right. Let's end the newscast there. Before we go, let's read some poetry for. A new subscriber over at patreon.com slash district sentinel. Again, new subscribers get access to all the bonus content, plus a haiku written for them and read on the air. This one goes out to Cedric. Lost my wife and kids trying to convert Yang bucks into Bitcoinage. Thank you, Cedric. Dark glimpse of the future. Thank you, Cedric. Thank you to all the new subscribers, patreon.com slash district sentinel. Let's check out the listener rant line before we go. Hello, Sam's MJ here calling from Pittsburgh. First time, long time. Um, I'm not sure if any of you saw this news coming out of Pittsburgh this week. A sinkhole opened up in downtown Pittsburgh Monday morning at 8 a.m. Uh, and swallowed half of a bus. So um, I don't know who's saying that we can't afford uh, infrastructure spending in this country, because if you can afford the probably like $15,000 in man hours and equipment it took to get the fucking bus out of the sinkhole um, and the insurance policy, I'm sure that they're going to have to call on. I, I think we can spend a little bit of money on fixing the massive erosion under the city streets in Pittsburgh, which caused sinkholes to open up all of the time. Uh, sinkholes open in Pittsburgh pretty frequently. They're not usually, like, bus-sized, but they uh, can get pretty large. So, yeah, um, infrastructure spending, we could use a lot of it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the call, MJ. Uh, I did see that picture of the bus with its entire back-ass... <laughs> falling into a hole in the road it's just going to be a mess man the future is going to be a mess yeah that was fucked that was that was totally fucked on a related note here's another call hey sam this is joey from northern california calling in from the pg and e blackout zone Ugh. they turned off our power this past saturday and uh turned it back on for about 12 hours overnight uh monday night 
And now we're back in the dark. So I haven't opened our freezer in a good three or four days. Mm. But one can only assume the ice cream is all goopy. I got a neighbor who's 80-something years old and is on oxygen and told me yesterday she's scared of dying in her sleep. Jesus. So shit's fucked up. Got a real normal economy going here. Um, just wanted to check in. I'll let you know when we get electricity back. Damn. This is like these things are happening at the end of a business cycle, right? Like we're not in the middle of like a recession right now. <laughs> and yet we have people calling in from Pittsburgh saying fucking buses are getting swallowed by city streets and people calling from California saying that their investor-owned utilities are just fucking shutting off the power because they refuse to invest in the proper maintenance stuff. It is grim. It is grim. Now you've got the wildfires in California again with 80-mile-an-hour winds whipping that shit up. Yeah. Like, and the, the, the climate disaster is here. It's not in the future anymore. It is here. We're witnessing it. When, when we recorded with Mia, a.k.a. Butt Praxis, about this, I figured, you know, it's the end of summer now. Hopefully this will be the last time. There's these huge wildfire risks uh, in California for the year. And nope. And the blackout now is worse, or the latest one was worse. And failing state. Failing fucking state. Yeah. <laughs> Failed state. <laughs> Thanks for the call. Uh, best of luck. And uh, yeah, be safe out there in California. All right, let's end the show right there. Call the rant line, 202-684-6108. Leave a message. We'll play it on tomorrow's show. Newscast returns on Thursday. We're here in D.C., so you don't have to be.